Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiative podcast. I'm your host, Ben Craven, and today we're joined by our Executive Director, Dr Oliver Hartwich, and Special Guest, Chief Executive of Business New Zealand, Kirk Hope. Hi both. Hi Ben, hi Kirk. Hi there. You guys recently faced off on Mike Hosking's News Talk ZB show about the government's unemployment insurance scheme. Early last week, the government announced their scheme that would see contributions of 1.39% from both employees and employers. Basically, if someone is made redundant, they would receive 80% of their wages for up to seven months. First question to you, Kirk, is there any need for the scheme in New Zealand? Yeah, well, I think it's important for the business community to have some input into the scheme. Actually, it's a discussion document, so it's not yet a scheme, which is, I think, an important distinction. We're already treating it like a policy when, in fact, there's a, there's a lot of fairly open-ended questions that are contained within the discussion document. And the purpose here is to make sure that um, everybody has the opportunity to feedback into some of the core components of what would be a scheme. And because there are still quite a lot of outstanding policy uh, issues that need to be addressed. It is really important for, I think, businesses particularly to, to have their say. Oliver, New Zealand has a very well-performing labour market. What do you think? I don't see a need for that kind of scheme at all, and certainly not at this time. I mean, there were some commentators saying, oh, this is a kind of a good policy, but it really comes at the worst possible time because we've got cost of living pressures and why do you want to add more cost at this time? Actually, I see it slightly differently. I think this is a really terrible policy and it is coming at the worst possible time. So there's nothing to like about the scheme. We have a functioning labor market. We have a good targeted welfare system. And this policy doesn't really add anything. It actually makes a lot of things worse because what we have found out in our research here at the New Zealand Initiative, once you introduce unemployment insurance, you actually make unemployment much more likely. The thing is actually in economics, if you pay for something, you typically get more of it. If you pay people to be unemployed, well, they will prefer to be unemployed for a little bit longer because there is no need to find a job. And we know that when that happens, people become less employable over time. And therefore, we would be making labor market outcomes a lot worse. And actually, there's very good evidence for that. We can see it in other OECD countries. Once you have such a scheme in place, typically it comes at the expense of a much higher unemployment rate. But Kirk, business must see some sort of advantage of being part of this uh part of the discussion, part of this potential scheme. What's in it for businesses and employees? Yeah, well, I think New Zealand has long had a productivity issue. I think that's widely acknowledged. And we've long had pretty significant skills mismatches. And, and what, what occurs in the, in the labour market is often a mid-skilled person will take a low-skilled job because there really isn't uh, a support framework for them. Now, it's also important, I mean, I think because Oliver raises some, some excellent issues that exist with schemes in other countries, the, the incentives that are put and disincentives that are uh, inside these schemes really matter. So one of the things that, that we've talked about is saying there are some things that you need to have attached to the scheme. For example, active labour market policies. Well, what are those? You need to be in training to receive the payment. So if you're not in training, if you're not actively skilling and reskilling, then you're not going to be able to get the payment. Um, that's an important part of the scheme. So it's not a holiday. It's not just taking six months off work, you know, on on half paid for by the employer, half paid for by the employee. But over time, we do think it's one way to help address some of those skills mismatch issues. And of course, you get the um, consequent productivity gain out of that. What do you think, Oliver? Is it more of a case of the devil being in the detail that if the government were to tighten up this proposal, it might work out? 
oh, the devil is definitely in the detail, but I think the devil is not just in the detail. You can actually see that this game has a number of other drawbacks and they are plain to see once you start comparing with international experiences with such unemployment insurance schemes. So I had a column actually in the Herald at the end of last year just pointing out that when you look at the countries that were the first to introduce social insurance historically, and that's Germany, for example, these schemes start off relatively modestly, just covering a few problems with a relatively small level levy, but over time they become massive bureaucratic monsters costing a huge amount of money. And we can already see that happening, of course, in the New Zealand example. So what started, of course, as a scheme to cover just redundancy payments, where some businesses even thought, oh, this would be cost neutral. You know, either we pay redundancy um, payments uh, straight out of companies' budgets, or we'll have a social unemployment insurance, so it basically come to the same. This is already much more expensive than it started off. So because now it covers disability, it covers health, and the whole thing will cost us $3.5 billion. So you can already see it is baked into the scheme to grow. And over time, I guarantee you, there will be politicians making all sorts of suggestions of things that you might also want to cover. In Germany, for example, they added old age care insurance to it. You will probably at some stage have some other politicians discussing whether this shouldn't actually cover maternity leave. There is no limit to politicians coming up with brilliant ideas of stuff to tack on to a social unemployment insurance scheme once it's introduced. And so I think... Yes, the, the devil is in the detail of the proposal, but the whole scheme as such is the wrong approach. Kirk, Oliver raised a pretty good point there in his response, and that is that some business leaders were anticipating a cost-neutral scheme. Is this proposal, as it currently stands, a bit too far of a departure for business uh, to support? Yeah, look, can I again make it clear that, that there's a, a broad range of kind of options and that are contained within the discussion document and that there, there haven't been firm policy decisions made and that's an important distinction. But yes, I think very much, um, I, I accept Oliver's critique there, you wouldn't want to see it expanding broadly. It becomes more expensive and unwieldy. Uh, there are many more uh, opportunities to rot. So the tighter the system can be, the better it will be targeted at uh, what it's designed to achieve, and that's uh, income smoothing in the event of you know job loss. Why do we even need that at this stage? I really wonder. At a time when the official unemployment rate is three point two percent, it's not particularly difficult for people losing their jobs to find new employment. So, at least I don't see the rationale at this particular time. Look, um, again, a great point. I think it is worthwhile looking at a bit of the context around sort of. The beginnings of the scheme. It, it was investigated as a sort of response to some issues which were raised through the Future Work Forum. So it's very much with that lens. If if you're going to face um, some significant uh, economic shock at some point in the future, whether that's through technology disruption or whether it's through climate change um, disruption to the uh, economy, whatever it is, we were looking at uh, ways that people could be supported in the situation of those economic shocks. And this was something which not just ourselves, but the Productivity Commission had recommended um, in their report that the government look at that. As a result, that some of that work was picked up by the Future Work Forum, and, and this is where it's landed. So that's sort of, I think, some really important and useful context. I think you're absolutely right, Oliver. I mean, the labour market's incredibly tight right now. We've got very, very low unemployment. We're really looking at much more of a long-term situation um, here uh, what happens if you get some significant uh, regional impacts of, for, from climate change policy and and how can some of those people be supported to perhaps even um, you know move from regions that they've been in if they're stuck in places 
uh, it becomes very difficult, I think, for people to, to gain new employment, particularly if they're in smaller towns where there are only one or two la- large or one or two employers. I mean, as you say, the labour market is very tight at the moment. That's one problem. The other problem is, of course, cost of living pressures and rising salaries, of course. So at a time when we are dealing with these challenges, to add another well, just under 3% of income tax effectively, once you include the employer's contribution and the employee contribution, I mean, if you put the average income earner to, to the question, would you rather like to have an extra $1,500 of income or would you like a, to have an insurance scheme that you may never use in your working life? I think the answer would be quite clear. I mean, most people would probably rather have $1,500 because it would make a massive difference at a time when inflation is running at 6%. So I, I still struggle to understand why not so much your members, Kirk, but members of the CTU would actually go for that. Oh, look, I mean, I think one of the good things about having the discussion document out there is is actually to really start to interrogate some of the material that policy officials and you know officials from CTU and Business New Zealand and have come up with them. Because again, we, I don't think anyone for a moment thought that all of the answers are contained in that discussion document. And it's really important, I think, for organisations like the Initiative, um, like Business New Zealand. Um, and members of, of our organisations to be involved in, in making sure that they review what's what's in there so that um, if there are other issues that they can be picked up and investigated and interrogated because that's the way, if, if the scheme is going to be implemented, that, that we're going to get a much better scheme. And actually, Ben, if I may come in here, sure. um, there are really a lot of detailed questions still to answer. So one of the things I'm wondering, for example, are the tax aspects. So, I mean, you're paying this effectively as a tax, but when you get an income payment out of the insurance scheme, that is taxable too. So I'm not quite sure whether that is the right systematic to deal with it. The other question on top of that is actually, how are you dealing with existing unemployment benefits? So once you're on a payment from the insurance scheme, will you still be able to collect that payment? And if not, um, I mean, that reduces government's costs, of course, of dealing with long-term unemployment. So shouldn't the government actually then also make a contribution towards the scheme because it will actually reduce government spending? Well, I think, you know, again, all good and relevant questions. I mean, there, there are others, you know, how does it in, interact with, you know, existing redundancy uh, schemes within businesses? How how does it uh, interact with existing income insurance schemes, for example, that, you know, people private schemes that people may have paid for? There, there are a range of issues that, that need to be threshed out, uh, important issues that need to be threshed out, and, you know, we, we just sort of mould over some of them here. And, and again, I think it's really worthwhile interrogating those fully so that we understand you know the full costs and benefits right and how would you both like to see the government proceed from here um oliver well i think we need a genuine consultation and the consultation should not just be on the details proposed in the document but more in the wider system of assistance in the context of the welfare state I think you have to really look at the situation right now where we have an extremely targeted welfare system, the envy of the world, actually the way it is targeted to the people who actually need it. And when you compare this internationally and you look at other countries like, for example, Italy, there is not that much targeting. So welfare systems and social unemployment systems, they pay out to people who basically wouldn't even need it. So it becomes a middle class churn system. We don't want to have that here because we can see internationally once you have untargeted systems that basically just redistribute among the same kinds of people, they don't work. They actually produce uh, poor labor market outcomes. They lift unemployment. 
um, they make people less employable over time and we want to avoid that. So I think any discussion of the proposed scheme shouldn't just focus on the details in front of us here, but they should also take into account the international comparative evidence and experience with these schemes. And Kirk, you'd be encouraging businesses to make submissions to the government, uh, get all over the detail? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll make sure uh, that there's plenty of information available to them. So it's a a pretty significant discussion document, Um, but we can break that down, help people engage in it, um, because I think it is a really important conversation that that New Zealand uh, needs to have. It's just worth pointing out that um, there is a lot of international experience, and I think um, Oliver's absolutely right. We need to take advantage of that international experience if we are to have a scheme of this nature. We can learn from those uh, schemes, you know, what incentives and disincentives work well and what don't, and and also that, you know, as I said, not all of the policy issues would have been picked, would have been picked up, and that there there will be plenty uh, for people to mull over and, and input on. All right, Kirk Hope and Oliver Hartwich, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. It's it's still very early days with the government's proposed unemployment insurance scheme, but we'll be sure to keep you updated as more details emerge. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events, sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.